live from the VadastaHomesales.com studios, welcome to Theology on Tap, where along with Father Jason Adams, we discuss topics that matter to you in your Catholic faith. Father Jason bringing those dance moves back. Last week they were gone. This week you're, you're busting them back out again. We're you know we're going from a campus function and we're back in our studio. Oh great, yeah, we're back. Welcome back to uh, Titletown Theology, where we're bringing people to Christ one victory at a time. Father, you want to open us up with this great episode this week with a prayer? Sure. We know the greatest victory was won by Jesus Christ. So let us honor Him in prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Good and gracious God, we invoke you here today. Um, as we continue to know, love, and serve you, as we continue to be co-workers in your vineyard by the virtues of our baptism. Heavenly Father, this time we just ask that uh, you bless us all as we continue a new month in the year of 2020. We know that you have won the ultimate victory, and we know as long as we focus on you, that you'll continue to lead us to be the people and the saints that you're trying to call us to be as we continue to listen to you. Heavenly Father, especially tonight, I ask that you bless the repose of the soul of Father Jeremiah McCarthy, whom you called home to yourself. And Heavenly Father, in a special way too, uh, we ask that you bless our new bishop of our diocese, Bishop-elect Stephen Parks, as he's getting ready to be installed September 23rd. May your blessed mother wrap her mantle around him as he gets ready to assume leadership. And blessings also to Father Daniel Furman, who will get hopefully a little moment of rest in between this. And Father, bless our conversation here tonight. Bless those who suffer, and Lord, may all that we do continue to always be for your glory and good. And we make this prayer through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm pumped for this episode. Woo! Yeah, this is exciting news. I've been hearing all week since we announced uh, who our guest was and put out the teaser for this week. Uh, just people reaching out saying, oh, this is a great thing. We got people from all over the diocese excited to hear uh, Bishop-elect Parks tonight. Exactly, Ben. I will say right now, um, this is the episode tonight where we interview Bishop-elect Parks. So uh, I just ask right now, if you'll please like, share, uh, look on YouTube, look on Facebook. Uh, we'll connect with them in a moment, but uh, please, we, we do ask that you don't want to miss uh, this episode. It's our first chance for all of us to get to meet uh, our new bishop live, our new bishop-elect. So please like and share right now. All right, uh, let's continue with our segment, Ben. Yeah, uh, just quick thing. We do this every week. Just a quick reminder of how to support the show. We want to thank our supporters out there through Patreon, uh, our sponsors that have already signed up, and then we just want to let you all know uh, how to sign up. If you go to our page, our Facebook page there at Titletown Theology, there's a link. It's right under the shop button. It takes you to our Patreon account, and you can support the show in your way. And uh, you can provide help for the show. You can provide everything that goes on to this show. Everything that takes care of it comes through that support system. We absolutely, uh, absolutely thrilled to have people support each month. And uh, we've even have folks that have uh, joined in and, and bought some things that were on our Amazon list to support the show as well. So very gracious to our supporters of the show. We're very grateful. Right now, since they might be watching, what did we get? Uh, Rob, do you want to let us know? What, what kind of things have we gotten coming in? Yes. I don't know what we've got coming in, but I know we got a brand new tripod sitting here. It's actually the one that is uh, looking at Father Jason right now. It's holding up that camera. There you go. So, thank you. 
Yes, thank you for your support. All right, you can take it off me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There you go. So, Father, another thing we got starting this week, and maybe we can send a shout-out. High school football comes back this Friday, man. Are you excited about this? Uh, yes, yes, I am. I know you're a big fan. You got your uh, your your Chris County Cougars, and you got your fans over in Savannah with Benedictine. Connect this further, getting ready to play another BC of Burke County. All right, yeah. So uh, I'll be visiting different football things, respecting our social distancing fans. Please be patient this year. You know it's a different year. Let's respect the rules, respect the refs, and let us be able to enjoy in a healthy way football in those places that are offering it and exactly guys i mean uh, we we send the same things out to our players today is just continue to be safe continue to do things smart and that we we want to keep our seasons going uh and and so just continue to be safe continue to practice those guidelines that they're giving us in school and do things smart so we can keep playing that ball this year and good good luck to all the teams out here in south georgia and in the savannah diocese uh enjoy yourselves this season and have a great and uh, fun season safe fun and safe season exactly i'm getting people texting when we're going to start so they want us to wrap up segment one all right so good uh well it's that special time uh rob cue it Da-da-da, trivia. All right, so uh, some Diocese of Savannah trivia here. What was the f- name of the first bishop of the Diocese of Savannah? We got Alan out there looking on social media accounts. He's trying to capture the first correct answer. What was the name of the first bishop of the Diocese of Savannah? When we come back for the break, we will have Bishop-elect Parks ready to roll. Stay tuned. With so, the bishop-elect. Oh, good. Well, Bishop Parks, before we get to our interview, uh, we're going to review quick our trivia question uh, for our our, uh, our audience. Uh, we did have a correct answer out there to uh, what was the name of the first bishop of the Diocese of Savannah? The correct answer was Bishop Francis Gartland, uh, yes. and the correct answer was Jane Stefanik. I say that right, Father yeah, Jason? Yeah, Jenny Stefanik, uh, Jenny working Stefanik. at our Faith Formation office. So, awesome, uh, great. So uh, sure. what what you will do for us, if you will message the show, your address, and we will get show swag out to you as soon as possible. And also, too, I'm glad to see that our bishop-elect also got the answer right. There you go. <laughs> yes, Bishop Gartland, of course. All right, so first of all, uh, this is Father Jason. We are so happy, uh, uh, Bishop Bullet Parks, that you can take time out of your busy schedule to join us in this call. So first, a very warm welcome uh, from uh, Titletown uh, here in Valdosta, Georgia. Well, well, thank you very much. I appreciate that, and I'm uh, very happy to be here with you tonight. Yes, and I'm joined, also you heard earlier, uh, co-host Ben Davis. Uh, yes, sir. Welcome, uh, uh, Bishop Alex uh, Parks. Extremely excited to have you uh, this week on our episode here at Titletown Theology. Okay. All right. So, Bishop Elect. All right. So, since July, you've now you've been called Bishop Elect, and you now have twenty one more days in which you'll no longer be Bishop Elect, but Bishop right. Stephen Parks, the fifteenth yes. Bishop of the Diocese of Savannah. So, like, how does that feel like you know in twenty-one days about this responsibility? And as a follow-up, do you have a motto or coat of arms yet? Sure. There's there's a couple questions I think in there. And uh, first of all, um, yes, my name is my title has changed in these this last two months. Kind of uh, something I, I never thought it would change. I was always Father Stephen or oh. Father Parks, and now people they don't know exactly what to call me. So. Um, <laughs> So I go by uh, Bishop-elect, which will be until the 23rd of September, and you mentioned it was 21 days, but who's counting, of course? It's oh, yeah. three weeks three <laughs> weeks away, uh, three weeks from today, as a matter of fact. Uh, the ordination is on September the 23rd, the Memorial of St. Pio of Pietrocina, and the, it'll take place at 1 o'clock. So by this time, in three weeks, I will be then Bishop Stephen Park. So it is very, um, very humbling. Uh, first of all, the confidence that the Holy 
father, Pope Francis, has placed in me and uh, asked me, appointed me as the 15th bishop of the Diocese of Savannah. So very humbling. And yes, there's a, it's a huge responsibility. So a lot of prayer is going on in, in my heart, my mind, and my soul in order to really ask God to give me what I need in order to be the bishop that God wants me to be and the shepherd that the people of our beautiful diocese need. So I think really, I realize that I can only do this with God's help. So, so important, so critical. So you asked also about a coat of arms and an Episcopal motto is what we call it. So the coat of arms, I have designed one. The first thing is a, a motto. And, you know, this is something that really I... Um, since I was not expecting this, is not something that one applies for. We really don't put a lot of thought into it prior, um, and, and everyone is different. So what I did was over these last years as a priest, mm-hmm. I have collected in my phone and put it into a separate folder, done screenshots of Bible verses and passages from the USCCB website. And when something comes across that I hear in the readings or uh, uh, something from the Liturgy of the Hours, I'll go to the USCCB website, usccb.org slash readings or Bible, and then I will uh, do a screenshot of it. So um, when I feel like I need that spiritual pick-me-up, and sometimes on a regular basis, on a daily basis, I'll go back to that folder and read them. So when I realized that uh, I needed to you know, pick an motto of some sort, I went there. I probably the first place to start would be where my favorite prayers or scripture verses are. And so I did go to that particular folder, uh-huh. and there I found one from Philippians 4. Philippians 4, chapter 4, verses 4 and 5. And it goes like this. It's, rejoice in the Lord always. I shall say it again, rejoice. Your kindness shall be known to all. The Lord is near. Mm. And I thought, that just really hit me. Um, I thought that was very beautiful because it expressed very much uh, who I am. But the whole idea of the Lord is near, uh, I think, is very is a wonderful thought that He's near to us all the time. And in this time that we're living in, these very unprecedented times of pandemic, to realize that God is calling me to be a bishop of our church, and at this particular time to do that and what are we called to do but i think in the midst of this is even in the midst of challenging difficult times of social unrest economic chaos and pandemic what are we called to do we're called to rejoice to find that because god is never far away it's not a rejoicing of a humorous like a joke but rather rejoicing in that god is close to us he's never separated and that should give us confidence peace hope trust and a sense of a future because we're in God's hands. His presence is known. We're never alone. Uh, so that's more of the motto. Uh-huh. And then as far as my coat of arms, um, I uh, was able to work with somebody who is involved with heraldry, and that is the uh, who makes coats of arms or their coat of arms, and they are uh, people usually that are artists. And so I, so they asked me some questions, and uh, my coat of arms it has on it a palm uh, branch, which is a symbol of martyrdom. And my first name being Stephen, he was the proto martyr or the first martyr. 
my parents were married on the feast of St. Stephen, which is December the 26th. And that's why I was named Stephen. So it has a palm there in order to honor my parents and my family. It also has a fleur-de-lis, which is in honor of uh, my coming from the Diocese of Orlando, and that is on the Diocese of Orlando coat of arms, where the diocese is under the patronage of uh, Mary, Mother of God. And my own very special relationship, I feel, with the Blessed Mother, uh, Marian spirituality, and really realizing and asking every day for her to put her mantle of protection over me and over all of her sons who are priests. And so I thought that that was an important symbol to include because it says something about who I am. And then I served for the last nine years as pastor of a church called Annunciation. So obviously I was there as an associate as well, very Marian centered. And I thought that it was a way to honor that. But finally, on the bottom of the coat of arms, on my portion of it, Mm -hmm. because the left side is always the diocese that the bishop serves. In this country, it's what we call impaled, your coat of arms, with the left side, the diocese where you serve. So it would be the diocese of Savannah. On the right side, you're personal. So it is a fleur-de-lis, a palm, and then a lamb of victory. It's the Agnus Dei lamb. Uh So it represents carrying a flag of victory for resurrection, for hope. But that also goes along with the idea that uh, my own centrality of the Eucharist in my life and the beauty of the Eucharist. I also served at a parish called Most Precious Blood, which was formed in the year of the Eucharist, 2005. I was the founding pastor there. And so to be able to honor that. But of course, then there was another beautiful uh, part of it is our cathedral here in Savannah is named after St. John the Baptist. And what did John the Baptist say about Jesus? He proclaimed him as the Lamb of God. Behold, the Lamb of God. And on the third Sunday of Advent, which is the Sunday of joy, so going back to the motto, it's all linked together. Because on the Sunday of joy, the gospel is from uh, John the Baptist, speaks of John the Baptist proclaiming Jesus as the Lamb of God. And that Philippians 4.4 comes from the entrance hymn or the uh, introit to the Mass, always on the third Sunday of Advent. So a very long explanation, and I'm sorry about the long explanation, but there's a lot to it and a lot of nice connections and links there. Oh, for sure. Are we the first you shared that with? I'm sorry? Or is this or is this a title town exclusive? Uh. It's pretty much. I, it really <laughs> is in a public way because really nobody else has asked. Some of my some personal friends have asked and other people within the church and in the diocese, but I'd say, yes, a title town exclusive. Yeah. So... Um, I'm thrilled to be able to share that with you. No, thank you. As you were this this sharing, like I wanted to stop and have a praise break. You had like so many nuggets of information that you've definitely prayed with, and that's very yes. rich with all you shared. I mean, I think you can just do a whole holy hour reflection to stare at your coat of arms. Well, I kind of think that it'll be a good thing. Is what is the coat of arms for? It's supposed to be a message of evangelization that we give. And I think that 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 says a lot about who we are as Catholics and in our faith about having that sense of joy, the Lord being near, the Eucharist, Mary, um, martyrdom, and uh, you know St. Stephen who said, 
into your hands, Lord, I commend my spirit, repeating the words of Christ. So um, there's a lot to, to really look at there. So I'm honored that you asked, and I thank you for that. Well, thank you. And then we'll give it to Ben. Yeah, uh, well, that was extremely deep. I mean, I think the connections there are just extremely impressive and, and, and extremely thorough and thought out. That's a great, beautiful, beautiful story there and the way you've built this thing. It's an excellent <laughs> Uh, so, Bishop-elect, we're streaming live from Valdosta, Georgia, and if you noticed in our title, we're, we're Title Town. We reclaim Title Town USA, and part of the name comes from we, we're home to the winningest high school football team in the United States, but also because of the national championships that our college here town at Valdosta State has brought to us. Go, Go Blazers. Blazers. Right? Yeah. So, Go um, Blazers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. it. <laughs> well, it's it's well known that you were a very beloved chaplain at University of Central Florida. Can you share yes. to us a little bit of the highlights of your time as a chaplain there and how it has informed and enriched your priesthood? Sure. I, uh, you know, I never thought I would work in campus ministry. So when I received a call to do that and I was appointed, it was a surprise. I thought, wow, working in campus ministry, what will that be like? And uh, University of Central Florida is one of the largest campuses in our country. They have over 60,000 students. So it's a very large campus, quite a few commuters, but many that do live on campus or within a mile of campus. So it's a, a huge opportunity there to be able to be a witness and spread the word of God. I was very blessed with the leadership there, the leadership of the students. Students. And I think that was something that was so critical in the campus ministry was a student-led ministry um, to be able to go out and to uh, look for others and be witnesses on campus. I was inspired by the students, first of all, by their enthusiasm. I learned a lot from them because this was back in 2005 to 2011. So what was kind of all coming out around that time was like the beginning of social media. Mm. So I learned a lot because when you work with younger people, it kind of keeps you younger. That's what they say, at least. And I felt that the students kind of were able to keep me a little bit better informed of things and kind of of what was happening and, uh, you know, in terms of technology, et cetera. But most of all, what I learned from them was that on a college campus, there are so many extremes. And the people that were involved, the students that were involved in campus ministry were very dedicated and that we have to be able on a college campus and really in life, meet people where they are at and bring them where God wants them to be. Mm. There's incredible room for conversion on a college campus. And that's what we're called to, is to be people of transformation and conversion. And so that witness can mean a lot. As a priest, I was very energized by it because I also noticed that many of the students were seeking the beautiful devotional life of the church. So the devotions that we have, which as Catholics, we are so blessed because yes, we have the sacred scriptures. We have the incredible beauty of the Eucharist. I loved the retreats that we would do in campus ministry. They were Eucharist centered. So a lot of adoration time, a lot of opportunity for uh, prayer time, but the devotional life that I found the students were interested in was the rosary and the divine mercy uh, the prayer of St. Michael, the you know devotions to the saints, they were energized by that. And I found that to be very interesting, like looking for that sense of stability that our devotions provide. And then also the incredible interest in the sacrament of reconciliation, because on a college campus, there can be a lot of temptation. 
And the ability for us as Catholics to have confession available and readily available for the students, I think it meant a lot to them and was important in their formation and their love of God's mercy because when they felt that mercy, then they were able to be merciful to others. Mm. And again, that opportunity for conversion. That's that's awesome. Uh, both Father Jason and myself uh, were, were huge members of the, the Newman Center on our campus here at Valdosta State. And even uh, uh, Rob that's here is our, our producer. And Go Blazers. Yeah. <laughs> our, our, we, were all, we were all big members in, in, in our Newman Center. And last week's episode of our show was actually live on set uh, with their opening. Uh, and so to hear your talk about, it's just... It, as a Catholic student that was part of the Newman Center, to hear you talk about and the things, it's, it brings back memories myself of being in school in, in those retreats. Sure. No, sure. And if I could just say the enthusiasm that was there and the creativity. You know, so often we say that the young people are the church of tomorrow. They're not the church of tomorrow. They're the church of today. Go ahead. That's Amen. right. Yes. Yeah, the church has room for them, for, for the young people today. We, we need young people here and now. And we have to be able to to feed them and to be able to have things that are available for them to enrich their faith. Because especially on a college campus, this is also important is to make sure that we help them to realize that when they graduate, they may not find the same home atmosphere of campus ministry in a parish. So how do we help them to be the faithful parishioners in the pew? who are going to be the leaders of tomorrow. And let's hope and pray that there's a few vocations to the priesthood and religious life along the way, because that's really going to make a huge impact on the future of the church. Amen. Uh, exactly, uh, Bishop Parks, uh, Bishop Elect Parks, because uh, I got had the chance to live at a Catholic student center and just be exposed mm. to some of those devotions that I wasn't exposed to in cordial you know we talk about you bring up the elements you know you know, oh, you know like earth wind fire no i didn't write some of my catholic terminology was protestant terminology uh, so so i really did value my time getting to learn daily mass etc and having starting to learn my own vocation uh, while i was in college is just uh very providential to be back at my alma mater just to be able to share and, and your alma mater is valdosta state university together Go, Go Blazers! Blazers. <laughs> All right, so Bishop Alette Parks, you know as diocesan priests, we can have an eclectic spirituality that best suits us as general practitioners of the faith as opposed to the religious life that have their you know, particular charisms. So you mentioned some things earlier, but how would you personally describe your spirituality or what other religious charisms inform your faith of who you are that we will get to benefit as the uh, your, our, you as our next shepherd. I, as I've mentioned, I uh, certainly a, a centrality in my own life of the Eucharist and the gift of God's presence. And I think that that is so important to realize that in the good times and the bad, the sickness and the health, uh, richer, poorer, whatever, no matter what's going on, God, God can be with us. And I think that that's important. So the Eucharist, uh, the Blessed Mother, um, certainly as well. You know, every morning, um, I wake up and I say, you know, the first words in my mind is, God, thank you for another day. Be with me today. So I feel as though it's walking in companionship with the Almighty, with God, that he's carrying me in those difficult times and walking together with me in 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 all times. Um, I also would say the uh, the whole idea of, you know, in our faith, we, we – uh, 
Ac- the ancient, the Greek philosophers talked about what we call transcendentals. And that means ways that we can connect with God. There's three ways that I think that three that have always stuck out for me, and that's beauty, truth, and goodness. So um, when we look now into some of the scholastics, the uh, great, you know, um, great spiritual leaders of our church from hundreds of years ago, from like the 12th, 13th century, we can know that they spoke about beauty, truth, and goodness. And so I try to live um, taking off of that beauty, meaning finding the beautiful presence of God, not just aesthetics, but in beauty, in truth, which is we know what truth is and we know what it's not. And then goodness, which is the idea of kindness and love. So I try to live by taking those three transcendentals and thinking each day I have to find opportunities to discover beauty, understand truth, and inspire goodness. And I think that that's something that another a message that I find from God that I felt inspired by that I would want to share with others. So from my own spirituality is to inspire others to say how each day can you discover beauty and creation, the dignity of life, the, the what God has created for us? How do we understand truth? How do we determine, especially in this world with so many voices coming at us, how do we determine what voice are we listening to? And then finally, inspire goodness. There's so much negativity today. Mm. How can we inspire goodness and kindness in people? And maybe by own, our own actions, it's yes, to be good and to be kind, but how do we inspire it in others? And Jesus gives us an incredible model of that. And I think that it goes back to, again, the whole idea of the transcendentals and, and from philosophy then being woven through uh, being, shall I say, a baptized Catholic by the scholastics and theologians of hundreds of years ago and bringing that into today. And how do we make that something very, very real in our lives to find God's presence? Well, you've unpacked so much that I can give a revival retreat off of right there. <laughs> wow. I hope it's not too much. If if you need me to give shorter answers, just interrupt me. It's okay. It's no, great. No, no. I mean, I, no, I think people get some things. You're taking the prayer tonight. Is this guy really our bishop elect? Yeah. Oh, wow. Amazing, amazing. <laughs> it only took two months to find this guy? Well, <laughs> you've, you've already worked miracles already. <laughs> so, well, pray for me and pray for inspiration and pray for uh, – that, that, again, that I can be the bishop that God needs me to be. And in thanksgiving for, I feel so blessed to be here and even to be speaking with you this evening. What a great blessing. It, it, great, and we, we appreciate you, uh, and it, it's great to have you here. But before Father Jason gets to his next question, we do want to mention that we we will uh, we are uh, scanning for questions. So uh, if we do have time before we get to a wrap-up at the end, um, if we do have questions, if you have questions out there in the audience, uh, do let, uh, let us know. Uh, Alan's out there uh, on both social media platforms scanning for questions. So do please, uh, if you do have questions, let us know, and we, we will be going over them. And if we have time at the end to go talk about them. Okay. I want to say right now, Bishop Parts, I feel like you just hit a home run. We're now going to the next inning. I mean, like, okay. I'm <laughs> like, wow, I mean, you just wrapped up one segment. Like, if we still got you, let's keep going. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Bishop elect Parks, through social media right now, the people mm-hmm. the Diocese of Savannah can see that you've been visiting various parishes and missions of our diocese. And uh, we're just curious what are your initial observations uh, thus far? And follow up, when can we expect to see you here in Town in Valdosta? 
Sure. I, uh, well, I think one of my observations is that the Diocese of Savannah is 37,000 square miles, and it is 90 counties. I think sometimes when somebody hears Savannah, they think only of the city of Savannah. But our diocese, and what I'm finding in my travels, is extremely diverse. So I think it's important. What I'm realizing is to know that uh, we, we are extremely diverse. We have areas that are very more populated, areas that are suburban. We have very rural areas. And the faith can be alive in all of those places. So I think that it is, uh, as a diocese, of realizing that we're very vast. Uh, another thing that I'm realizing is that the schedule is going to be very important for me because I have a lot of ground to cover here. And how am I going to get around to all of the places and especially in all of the parishes? I, there's, um, you know, I believe 57 parishes and 21 missions. So I think that one of my goals is to get to know the people of the diocese and the priests, especially our spiritual leaders and making that a priority. So I will look forward to that. And um, I've tried to visit a few in just the last two weekends, places of, uh, you know, really, they were very different. I was in St. Simon's Island. I was out in the missions about an hour away. So I think to be able to um, go to all the various places as as soon as I'm able to do that. But the schedule is going to be important because um, you know, we have to have balance in our life, and I want to make sure that that I have the energy to do that, and that um, you know, I'm, I'm able to do that as well. I think I'm going to be in the car a lot. That's one of my one of the things I've realized. So um, you might see if you see a priest driving around with a bike on the back of his car, it might be me because I thought, wow, there's some beautiful places. What a what beautiful natural resources and areas that we have here in in South Georgia. When am I going to get to? Titletown, home of Valdosta State, go Blazers. Go Blazers. I would say, I uh, I believe it, it might be on the schedule. But, uh, you know, I will look to do that, obviously, as soon as I'm able to. Um, you know, I know there it's at St. John the Evangelist is the, the, the parish, correct? Correct. And then, uh, and then the Newman Center, is, is, is that affiliated right there with the parish, or is that a whole separate um, area? Well, it's a separate area, but it's uh, affiliated, so it's right across the street from uh, the dining hall and next door to the Baptist Student Ministries. So plenty of okay. opportunity for evangelization. So Sounds uh, that way. And, you know, at UCF, at UCF, we ended up building a building, a new campus ministry center, and we shared it. The It was a dorm in about nine stories high. Wow. So upstairs, it was a residence hall, and the university owned it, and they were able to lease us the space at a wonderful uh, rate. And so the upper floors were a residence, and then on the bottom, it was one side was the Catholic campus ministry. The other was the Hillel. So you think about what a, it was a wonderful partnership there between the two. And uh, unfortunately, I was gone from there when we were able to move in. But the whole idea of the partnership there, um, a, lot of, a lot of good choices. And as you say, a lot of evangelization to be able to do. Exactly. And, and too, maybe pretty soon you'll be able to buy locate. And that might be a grace of your ordination. Uh, <laughs> that'd be handy, well, you know, on the day it's Padre Pio's feast day, so maybe that's what I need to pray for. But I don't think I'll have that ability. But you know, God bless Padre Pio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, well, Bishop Elect, you mentioned already in this that we, we do have a vast uh, uh, diocese here. We cover nearly two-thirds of the entire state of Georgia. And you mentioned also that our diocese is extremely diverse, both in parish sizes and in our populations. Uh, with that in mind, do you have any goals or plans so far with the diocese? I think my one goal, as I mentioned, is to get to know people to get to know the priests and to start working with uh, the faithful here in the leadership to be able to realize what are the hopes and dreams? You know, what are their hopes and dreams for our church? How can we make that happen? And how can we look to the future, realizing that uh, with God, since he is with us, that we can have a beautiful future. So I think that really one of my first items, uh, my uh, agenda, I guess you would say, or um, priorities would be to be able to get to know people. I don't think I could form a vision if I don't know what's in the hearts, minds, and souls of the people who are here and who labor in the vineyard. I think extremely important, again, because of that incredible diversity and the distance that's involved. Every place is different. Every parish has a, has a character, uh, and we're brought together through the gift of the universal church and the gift of being a diocesan family. So I think what brings us together and what unites us, it is the gift of our faith. It is the beauty of our uh, centrality in the Eucharist and the word of God. And, and also that ability to find a community and to be unified. You know, Bishop Lett Park, speaking as a political science major, this is campaign season. I feel like I want to vote for you for something. <laughs> That's a very straightforward, honest, matter-of-fact answer. I don't know who your campaign manager is. I think it's the Holy Spirit, the Blessed Mother. But, uh, wow, no, thanks for sharing because I think you've already answered my next question, but I just want to read it anyway so we can see how prophetic uh, Bishop Lett Parks is um, or see if you have anything else to add, uh, uh, Bishop sure. Um Just noting that no doubt that 2020, as you said earlier, has been challenging on so many levels for everyone. Um, but we do know by our faith that we are a people of hope and that Christ has already won the ultimate victory. Um, is there anything else you would add right now to say to our viewers at home that still might feel a little lost or a little anxious as they begin the month of September? Sure. I think, uh, first of all, in this particular time period, uh, I think we have to always look to God and our faith for hope and healing. You know, I think sometimes when the beginning of the pandemic, there was sort of a sense of, well, why is this happening to us? How, why is God allowing this to happen? And I think we can step back from that and say, well, what does God want us to learn from this? What is he trying to teach us? And note the year this year is 2020. So how is it that maybe we have 2020 vision? How is it that we can maybe see a little bit clearer into our own lives about really what is important in our world? You know, we're, there's so many distractions today, and not today, there's always been. But is God calling us to realize the importance of his presence in our life? Is he calling us to realize the importance of family life? After seven weeks of stay at home, what were we being asked to learn from that? So... How are, can we be a people of hope? And the second word is of healing. The need for a lot of healing. 
And in this time, because maybe we're not able to travel as much because we are, we, you know, many have been at home, a business is being done differently. Are we being called upon to spend a little bit more time in reflection and to reflect upon what is important in our lives? What is God asking us to do in this time period? And how can this be an opportunity for hope and healing? Amen. Well, obviously, obviously, Bishop Lett Parks, you are a man of deep prayer because those aren't just facts off the top of your head. That is that is a lot of fruit I can tell from your prayer. And, uh, and, and well, and thanks for, for sharing that. You're welcome. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Ben, let's, let's take it down a notch. Yeah, we've, been, we've been heavy. Let's yeah, get to know more heavy. about so, the— yeah. Father, Father Jason always leaves the uh, hard questions to me, the, the, the tough ones here. So uh, we're going to get down to it. So in our diocese, we have a, a, a huge football powerhouse— uh, with Benedictine, and uh, football is huge in Georgia. So, uh, Bishop Lake, do you have any favorite sports, sports teams, or other passions that fill that slim time uh, that you got? Sure. Well, I always say, may the best team win. That's what we <laughs> pray for. <laughs> so, as far as favorites are concerned, you know, I'm in a little bit of a tricky situation here because, you know, I'm coming from Florida. I'm coming to Georgia. All right, be careful what you say next. Uh-huh. I know, and that's what I say. You know, I reached out to one of my former parishioners, and that is Lee Corso, who in, is involved in, you know, obviously a, a great, you know, a football commentator and whatnot. And so I asked him, I said, what should I tell people, Lee, when they ask me, are you rooting for Florida or Georgia? <laughs> and he said, he, his answer was, he said, just say, may the best team win. All right, the Bulldogs. All right. <laughs> so I thought, well, I think that sounds like a great politically correct way. Whatever you so, do. So I think it's, so uh, sports are definitely a good distraction in, in life and keeping up with current events as well. That's, so you asked, what I what do I do in my spare time? Yes. I guess that's kind of the, the thought of the question here. Yes, yes. But, uh, I also, I like to, I enjoy the opportunity to uh, go out on my bike. I have a, a bicycle and I enjoy, I wouldn't say I'm a cyclist because that would mean that I'm like pretty intense with it. And I like to bike. I like to go out. It's just very freeing and beautiful to get fresh air. I like to walk, to just go out on, a, on walks and to reflect. Um, I'm not a runner, so uh, it's not something I was really blessed with, but I do like to go out and walk. I do have a kayak also, and very excited. There's some beautiful places here in uh, the coastal area, and I know inland as well, I'm sure, uh, places to kayak here in Georgia. So I, I'm excited about that. Very beautiful. Uh, if you're talking coastlines here, we got some very beautiful estuaries and places to kayak. And down here in, in, in the deep south part of Georgia, the rivers are just absolutely beautiful and, and, and amazing to kayak on. The, the wildlife and the, the nature that you just encounter and stuff on these trips is absolutely beautiful. Yes. And just yes. to add to that, with your love and enjoyment of the outdoors, um, that sounds very kind of like scout-like, you know, as um, – as uh, as the uh, diocesan uh, chaplain, every year, every other year, we go to Philmont and hike in the Scout Ranch on a vocations hike, and I've been right. joined, and I've been joined with Father Pablo a couple of times with something called the Bishop England Trek, and that was when you know um, Charleston and Diocese Savannah are one diocese, and we joined together, yes. and we've done a can, uh, a canoe trip one year uh, on okay. Edisto River. Another time we hike, so the next time uh, some comes up, we'll have to see if uh, you're willing to kayak or hike with us. Uh, but as a follow up. I would love that. I, uh, I, that would be great. So, you know, let me know 
and uh, we'll 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 get that on the calendar because a good paddle I wouldn't pass up a good paddle somewhere so um, to get out there on the river would be great. You mentioned Philmont. Is that Philmont, New Mexico? Yes. Okay, I've been through there actually. Oh. It's beautiful out that way. Extremely beautiful. Yeah, the Sangre de Cristo mountain range. And, uh, yeah. Oh, it's magnificent. Awesome. Yes. Well, well, speaking of which, were you ever a Boy Scout yourself? Me and Ben were active in scouting. We're just curious if you have a scouting background. You know, I do not. And uh, But I'm always open to learning. I've worked with the scouts in the parish level with the different medals that are available that uh, that they can work towards, like the Parvuli Day medal. Yes. And, uh, and then some of the others. So um, I had some exposure uh, to scouting through that and through learning about it. But I know that our uh, scouting can be a wonderful way for our young people to learn more about the outdoors, but also to see it through a, a lens, a Christian, Catholic Christian lens, and realizing who gave us all the beautiful outdoors and the wisdom and creativity. It all comes from God. Amen. And what makes this Philmont trek interesting in the coming July, I don't know what your plans will, may will be, but I'm supposed to be the program director, but I know we'll talk things future. Okay. Um, but uh, it's a chance to do a Catholic hike where a priest and a seminarian are paired in crews. And okay. um, and these are high school age uh, kids, and they're divided up in the, in the six to eight crews. There's even like a hiking nuns with girls. And we do okay. a traditional Philmont trek, and we give mass every day. Um, wow. And then we meet together at the halfway point, and we usually mm-hmm. have the whoever the liaison at the time will be of the National Catholic Communal Scouting will meet us or uh, hmm. the local bishop. So, uh, but yes, uh, just looking at what you said earlier, uh, scouting yeah. is ministry, and just know that you have that active in your diocese. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, uh, we got some audience questions now, so I want to turn it to Ben just to see uh, what are people saying out there. Okay, uh, so Bishop Elect, uh, Alan, you got one second. We're switching over so we can see our questions. Okay. All right. Uh, we got a question from the audience here, and. Uh, Scan it up, scan it up. Here we go. So uh, what can we as parishioners do besides prayer to help you best serve our diocese? I think to be able to be involved at the parish level, to support your priests, to support our priests and sisters and the leadership, the lay leadership in our parishes, to have a desire to be involved. I think that that's something that uh, when we open ourselves up and we give of our time, our talent, our treasure, or our prayer, ministry, and finance would be another way of saying that. I think that we're able then to uh, make the church stronger. And that would help me as the bishop in going forward and really helping to not only meet the needs today, but helping us to set vision for the future. Excellent, excellent. Uh, got another one here. Can you talk a little bit about the role of Catholic schools in our diocese? Very important. And here in our in our diocese, I believe we have 13 Catholic schools. I'm scheduled to go and to visit them in these upcoming months after the ordination. Catholic schools are a means of probably one of our best means of evangelization and of teaching the faith, not only to the students, but also to parents. Because when children are learning about the faith, the hope is that they go home to mom and dad, and it's a chance for the whole family to be engaged. So our schools can provide connection and community to the larger parish and be able to form Catholic leaders for tomorrow that have most people, when they 
uh, see a sister or when they see a priest, if they were educated in the Catholic school system somewhere, anywhere, very often they reflect on that. And they reflect on that it was a very wonderful time in their lives and a very wonderful time in their in their growing up. Because in our Catholic schools, they, we form wonderful bonds of fellowship because they're usually smaller. And the same grade, you move up with those same students year after year. So you really get to know them. You become a family. And uh, it's a family of faith. And that's what our Catholic schools can certainly provide. In addition to the ability to have a good, solid teaching in faith, to teach our young people each day to discover beauty, understand truth, and inspire goodness. Great. Absolutely wonderful. I must say, I want to start making a. Uh, we got to start making uh, some memes of some of what he's saying, you know, so that we can have our own folder of things to pull out. <laughs> this is very good. I don't know who's who's taking your notes down for you, Bishop Alette Parks, but uh, oh, I, think got, I think we got one more question for you here. Okay. All right. uh, it says, uh, "What are some of the blessings that we as a church have received as a result of our circumstances in 2020?" Kind of deep one there. Mm, that is. You know, I think that a blessing, and I'm going to answer this in a little bit of a different way, is that this time period has forced us to have to be creative in spreading the gospel. So for a number of years, we've been speaking about new evangelization and the gift of that. Under Pope Benedict, we spoke a lot about it. I think the seeds were planted under John Paul about the new evangelization. What does that mean? Well, it means that we're going to be able to use the tools that we have in technology and in our modern day to spread the message of the gospel. And so this time period has really forced us to put that into action because we've had to dust off the cameras, figure out how we're going to live stream, how do we make videos, and to realize that there are certain things, even having a great radio show, you know, entitled to so, uh, yeah, I think that it's really that ability to come up with creative ways to spread the message of the gospel. Because we, we, you know, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. So say it again. Yes, yeah, exactly. that's right. So, so we, we have to look beyond. And if we're to grow, I think that's one of the benefits of this time. I think it's forced us as church to realize that we have to look to creative ways of spreading the message. Now, I'm, there's no replacement for being in the presence of the Eucharist at Mass. There's no, none. But we realize that in time of pandemic, some are not yet ready, able, or comfortable to maybe attend church yet. So we, we have to be able to figure out how do we get to that point where we're able to uh, you know, have Mass and you know, we still have a dispensation in place, and, but in the meantime, we have these wonderful abilities to connect with people. Could you imagine if we did not, and there was no, and there were masses, but people couldn't attend, even in 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 live stream, we would we would we'd be straying from people. At least we're able to stay connected through the gift of media and to technology. I think that's a blessing of this time period to be creative. Yeah, and that's uh, really how this show grew it was an it was an idea and a thought of the producer and myself a, a long time ago was to create this thing well father jason comes along in the parish and then this pandemic occurs and the idea blossoms says 
let's do this. And so we've now sat down and we're sitting on episode 23 and providing it. We, we even talked about the new evangelization and, and how this is a part of that. And we're just, mm-hmm. we're thrilled to be bringing this ministry. And we've just, we've seen so many people that have come out and thanked us, especially within our diocese of, of hey, you guys are bringing a light to thing that, uh, to something that we can, we can see now. And it's a, it's a beautiful thing to have these events going on in this time. Well, congratulations on 23 of these uh segments i think what a what a great thing to be able to do see a lot of these tools we've been afraid i think to use them and this time period is really forcing us to look outside of the box and even as a pastor in uh, where i was in orlando i have to admit i wasn't really doing a lot of videos but in two minutes you can say a lot a lot mm-hmm. can be expressed in two minutes and when they can see you on a video uh, i think that's important the other thing is Really, over this time period, it's time, it's that time of year where we begin all of our programming for faith formation and initiate Christian yes. initiation. Mm-hmm. How are we going to do that in the midst of pandemic? You know, we can't let those things just, just sit idle. We have to, again, be creative and work with people on it because the faith marches on. And we, we have to be able to, we're called upon to be missionary disciples. And if we're going to do that, we have to find out those creative ways of spreading the gospel. Excellent, excellent, great things. Uh, do we have time for one more question, guys? Or how we how we doing on time? Plenty of time, plenty uh, of time. Okay, so uh, uh, Bishop Blake, you good with one more question here? And it kind of we, we we've kind of talked a little bit about it. It says uh, how how committed are we to in, in within our diocese, or how committed do you think the diocese will be at supporting and strengthening our our Catholic schools? I think that certainly it is a ministry that we are committed to. Uh, I think we have to always look at the, the the models that we have and ensure that they're sustainable, not just for today, but into the future mm-hmm. and ensure that. And obviously there, there's challenges involved in that because of uh, the resources that it takes for Catholic education to move forward. But I, I believe I'm a product of eight years of Catholic education from first grade through eighth grade. Um, I can tell you my personal commitment is to it and to be able to help strengthen our schools. Obviously, a challenge that we have in in our diocese is that uh, we do have those rural areas where we may not be able to have a Catholic school. Mm -hmm. But how can we in those cases make sure that our formation programs are very solid and that they're strong in order to be able to help our young people have an experience of good Catholic formation. And that kind of leads to the second part of this question here, and it, it's it's dealing with faith formation, especially with high schoolers. Is there any kind of specific ideas when it comes to creating high schools in areas where we may already have Catholic schools that are elementary or elementary middle? Any mm-hmm. ideas to continue and strengthen faith formation there? I, I guess that being too, there's no uh, Catholic. There's not much Catholic identity in, in the high school right. or public schools. So does that mean should we create something to hope they come, or does it mean if there's no Catholic high school, you strengthen right. the faith formation, or a little bit of both? I think uh, I think a little bit of both. Obviously, in order for a Catholic high school to be sustainable, there have to be there has to be enough feeder schools in the area, elementary schools, mm-hmm. in order to be able to feed into it. So that's something that's very important. But there's no reason why we cannot have good ministry for our young people. And um, I notice in other faith backgrounds, uh, very often our high schoolers are very intrigued by it. You know, they they have very strong 
uh, youth ministry programs, I think we have to be able to see how we're going to make ours also uh, something that the young people look forward to participating in in the best way possible. Yes. And and to, to give that, as you say, Catholic identity. You know, working on a college campus, you know that many are seeking it. Mm. They are seeking it. It's there. But uh, in high school, you know, again, to not to overuse it, but there's a lot of distractions that are there. There's many distractions that, that there are temptations that they can go to. How do we make it so that they make good choices and holy choices and that they're excited about our faith? You know, you see it on the college campus, how they can be, how the students and the young people can be excited about the faith. And when they're on a college campus coming to mass on Sunday, mom and dad aren't telling them that, that, that they have to get up and go. They're doing it on their own. Well, these are the same young people who in high school also can be inspired. And how do we work on inspiring them? I think one way is our faith has an incredible mystery to it. If we can help our young people respect the beauty of the mystery of faith, we're drawn into it. I think it was Socrates said, wonder is the beginning of wisdom. Wonder. We can never lose that sense of wonder. So how do we give our young people an invitation into wonder and the mystery of God? And then they'll say yes to it and hopefully be drawn further into it. So then naturally from that will flow the Catholic identity. Amen. Uh, Bishop Park, Bishop Willett Parks, before we just wrap up, I want to give the final word to you. Is there anything you would like to share with the loyal viewers in Town Nation and throughout the diocese and abroad that are tuning in? Uh, is anything you'd just like to share at this moment? Uh, well, I've asked already for prayers, and I want to say thank you for those prayers. I want to, I would like to let the people uh, who are listening, those who are not listening, those who are away from us, to uh, really just to know that I'm praying for you as well, that I, I pray for all the people that have been entrusted to my care. That means those that are you know, faithful and attending, we have to pray for those who are away. Also, those, those who wander, not all who wander are lost, so they may be able to find their way back. And I think it's important. So I'm praying for you, for the people of God of our diocese, praying for you, for your families, your loved ones, for your intentions. And I would just ask if you would, again, whisper my name to God, because we meet each day in our prayers. We rejoice in the Lord always. Excellent, excellent. Great words. Uh, should we end on the one note of the alma mater and the mascot that's here? We have them. Do we? Why not? Okay. okay. All right. Uh, in the count of three, Bishop-elect. One, two, three. Go, Go Blazers. 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 There you go. <laughs> All right. Can we maybe just conclude with a little glory be? Yes, sir. Yes, <laughs> yes sir. please. Sure. Please, yes, yes. Maybe a little prayer. That would be a good thing to say. Always to have hope for tomorrow. We place that into the hands of our God as we say glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as, as it, it was, was in the beginning, beginning is now, and ever shall be, world, world without end. end. Amen. Amen. All right. Uh, well, Bishop Elect, it's been absolutely amazing to uh, have you in and, and have you talk to you this week. Uh, welcome on behalf of uh, Parishioner St. John, uh, the Evangelist here in Valdosta. Welcome to the Diocese of Savannah, and welcome to South Georgia. Well, thank you very much, and it's a it's a privilege and an honor to be here. I'll look forward to meeting you in person. All right, thank you. All right, get your rest, uh, Bishop Elect, right. and uh, we'll see you soon. Yes, sir. Thank you. God bless you. All bye-bye. Right. All right, bye-bye.
All right. What a great interview. Uh, he's Bishop Elect Parks seems to have a, a a lot of great wisdom sharing. Uh, no, uh, definitely. And, and two, we called him on the phone to make sure he's off the phone, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, very good. So, um, yeah, a lot of unpacked. Like, wow, 23rd episode, and we finally you know, got the, the bishop-elect. And I think there'll be a lot of people that'll hear about this uh, interview with the bishop-elect, and we'll uh, be unpacking it and then uh, and asking people to continue to support this ministry. If you like what you heard today from our bishop-elect, let's see if we can get them to, you know, to come back uh, also. Um, but what a blessing we heard today, uh, how genuine uh, he is. And um, and if you want other people to hear what he shared today, know that uh, very soon they can rewatch it on Facebook book and YouTube, yep. and then we'll be available soon on uh, iTunes and Spotify, yep. et cetera. Through our podcast things. Uh, another great week, another great interview. Uh, for those of you that are out there, our audience, we just asked for continued prayers and support for our ministry. Uh, we're constantly working, and we're, we're like we put a message out last week, we're, we're looking for uh, topics of discussion for future shows. Uh, if you have a, uh, uh, an idea or something on your mind that you would like for us to, to talk about and reach, um, if you go to that Facebook page, there's a post up there, and I'm sure we'll be updating the post as well if you have some ideas. And on that page, you can find our mission and our vision. So every time uh, we go about things and we, we set our schedule, we, we sit and pray and we talk about how does each show meet our vision and 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 the mission of the show in from a catholic perspective exactly so uh we want to thank you guys again for tuning in this week and uh, uh father you want to wrap us up with a prayer well i'm not going to top the bishop's prayer he gave us a glory be so i just say you know anyone with the bishop's prayer we've gotten his blessing how about we you send us off of all our right catch so have another great week guys we thank you for watching title town theology where we're bringing people to christ one victory at a time see you guys later enjoy your week stay blessed y'all And let's thank our Patreon sponsors. We had a new one this week. Alan Sanderson, Michelle Everett, Michael Johnson, Teresa Alonzo, Brittany Pelletieri, Ellen B. Dunleavy, Hannah Everett, Ada Davis, Kathleen Lloyd, Larry Davis, and our new Patreon sponsors, Sarah and Sean Berglund. We appreciate y'all. Thanks, Berg. See you, chop. That my soul could depend My soul cries out For your presence This very For your presence Yeah.